quantitative tightening. Quantitative tightening. It's one of those things that gets talked about all the time because, well, a central bank does it. And if a central bank does it, it must be something very meaningful. But what is quantitative tightening and what is it supposed to accomplish? Well, if quantitative easing is the Fed or the ECB or whatever central bank pouring trillions of dollars into the real economy, as you hear all throughout the mainstream media, then quantitative tightening must be pulling those trillion dollars out of the economy, or at the very least, pulling hundreds of billions out of asset markets, those like those, asset markets like those for U.S. Treasuries. Let's uh let's go to a, an article that was that was printed in Forbes a couple months ago that really I think describes what the mainstream view of quantitative tightening is. Here's what it said. Quantitative easing is a way to stoke animal spirits, says Tim Holland, chief investment officer at Orion Advisor Solution. It's the exact opposite with quantitative tightening. They're depressing animal spirits by pulling money out of the economy. And I'm already starting to laugh here. The move makes a certain amount of intuitive sense. After all, the Fed only directly controls short-term rates. That's true. But by selling bonds, they're pushing down the prices of long-term securities, which raises the yield. Higher borrowing rates will make it less advantageous to take out loans, which the Fed hopes will lower demand and push down inflation. The theory sounds solid enough, if that's exactly what the Fed is doing. Well, what the Fed has actually done, let's go to the numbers. We'll look at the Fed's balance sheet, its SOMA holdings. The holdings of U.S. Treasuries on the Federal Reserve's balance sheet peaked at the week in the, during the week of June 8, 2022 at $5.77 trillion. Lots of treasuries there. The current number is $5.11 trillion, which is a reduction of $664 billion, or roughly 12%. The Fed has allowed one-eighth of all its treasuries to run off of its balance sheet, which means, Mr. Stephen Van Meter, the treasury market must be an utter and complete mess. Not only is the Fed not buying more securities, as the government still issues them, they're allowing lots of other their securities to roll off. They're buying fewer and fewer, which we've heard constantly. Without the Federal Reserve, the treasury market is dead. So with this quantitative tightening, interest rates must, must be what? It, it, Jeff, they have to be going like to the moon. There's absolute chaos. I mean, you go to the treasury auctions, people don't know what to do anymore. I mean, it's just, it's pandemonium everywhere. But yet for some reason, the 30-year yield has not gone anywhere for, I don't know, six, nine months. It's just running sideways. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, literally the Fed is selling bonds. It should be going up. They're destroying money. Rates have to go higher. And then you look at the stock market, right? Here's this correlation. The Fed injects liquidity. Magically, stocks somehow know it and go up. Well, if they're pulling liquidity out of the market, why is stocks going up? Did, did the stock market not get the memo that the Fed's unwinding the balance sheet? I mean, Jeff, the, 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 am I so wrong here that there seems to be no correlation, but everyone wants? They're so desperate to have this. I just don't see it. There is a correlation, Steve, and you're missing it. That correlation is exactly what I just read, the mainstream media. Because the mainstream media always explains anything that's good or bad in terms of what the Federal Reserve does. But here's the numbers. Let's talk about quantitative tightening specifically. Since the middle of June last year, the 10-year U.S. Treasury was around roughly 3.5%. It was moving around, but roughly 3.5%. As of now, it's 4.06. So it has increased 56 basis points in a year 
in the same year and during the same time when the Fed has run off one eighth of its treasuries on its balance sheet. But also don't forget, the Fed has also raised short term rates by 425 basis points in that same period. So the Fed has hiked rates by 425 basis points. It has done 664 billion of quantitative tightening in just U.S. Treasuries alone. And the 10 year Treasury yield is up only 50 some basis points. From last year. So like you're saying, Steve, the correlation is certainly the media, but in terms of the actual marketplace, expectations and reality, are they don't seem to be matching here. No, you're right, Jeff. And, and, so, and, and this 10-year treasury only moved up recently. So I mean, to, to say that, I mean, yes, you, the numbers are correct. It's up from a year ago, but it's made a fairly decent move here recently. So it's virtually gone nowhere. Uh, since the Fed did this. And uh, and what it comes down to is we know there's no relationship here. We're we're just being silly with that. What's important to understand is everybody wants this to mean something. And and I don't mean just everybody. I mean, the Fed does too, because they need to justify why are we buying, you know, billions of government treasury securities and mortgage-backed securities or selling them. Look, it has to mean something, because if it meant nothing, which it actually means nothing, then we shouldn't do it at all. It had, would have no point. So they've convinced the world. And then the financial media has convinced it, the mainstream media, everybody's bought into this. But yet when you really get close and examine the numbers, as that article in Forbes did, and as you've done and I've done, you find out it really has no effect. I mean, you can find any number of other reasons why, why 10-year Treasury yields are up. 50 basis points in a year, and you might actually come up with a better explanation. You know, there's been a number of academic studies, obviously about quantitative easing and quantitative tightening. As you said, just said, Steve, the, uh, the authorities, the central bankers, economists, they all want to see these results too. They all look for these results. They want to be able to say quantitative tightening does this. And here's I got a study for you that came, actually, this, this study was forwarded to me. It was written last, last month for the Bank for International Settlements, and I got it from our good friend, Emil Kalinowski. Here's what it found. It found basically exactly what we're talking about here. No surprise to the BIS. They say, focusing on the United States, we estimate that a one percentage point increase in long-term yields lead to an 11.4% increase in the demand by non-central bank players. In other words, what they're saying is, when rates go up a little bit, people want to buy U.S. Treasuries. As a result, we estimate that a hypothetical $215 billion reduction in the central bank balance sheet increases the eight-year yield by 10 basis points. This estimate is roughly in line with estimates of the effect of QE using different methodologies. That's what they never tell you. What they tell you is QT does impact yields. QE does impact yields. But they never tell you it impacts yields by so little that it almost makes no difference. Because as what you were just saying, Steve, if we look at this objectively, interest rates have gone basically nowhere for over a year. At the same time, the Federal Reserve is trying everything it possibly can to get rates to go up. So obviously, there is no correlation with what the Fed is doing and what long-term rates is doing, which, as you just said, Steve, also, Steve, is has led the Fed to change its game a little bit. Uh, They've now said for the first time, they're going to raise rates during a recession. So we see the struggle here, which is 
bond yields don't want to go up for various reasons, which we'll get to in a minute. While the Fed wants rates to go up, the Fed realizes it can't push rates up because they're not going up no matter what it does. So now they're trying a new tactic where they say, yes, we see the recession coming and we're still going to raise rates anyway. It's not QT. It's not rate hikes. It's a twist on forward guidance, which only proves this is all just smoke and mirrors. It's all just psychology. Jeff, I'm I'm trying not to laugh the whole time you were speaking, but as you know, I wasn't laughing at what you were saying. I was laughing at all the circumstances because, like you said, hey, the Fed just unwound their balance sheet by twelve percent, so it would be likely that we should see a, a similar move higher, not like a twelve percent, not to twelve percent yields, but say a twelve percent move higher in yields or something close. That maybe eight or nine, ten, and we could say, hey, look, you know what? It's not perfectly correlated, but look, there's there's match there. I mean, fifty basis points on the ten year that that could be fixed in a matter of weeks. In fact, when we get to CPI next week, it might actually go down and back to the three and a half percent where it's been. But, you know, you start looking at all of this and you start to wonder is what is the Fed thinking? I mean, it's so obvious that QE and QT do absolutely nothing, but people so desperate that we have to have this work because if it doesn't work, then why are the Fed doing it? Why are other central bankers doing it? It's all about sentiment. If I can convince you, Jeff, that chocolate cake is magic and you want to eat it because it'll do magical powers, then you're going to eat it and start feeling better. Say, oh, look, it was the cake. It may have nothing to do with the cake. But if I can convince you that it's magic, then it is. And that's the problem we have here with QE and QT. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. And as you said, hey, we're going to hike through a recession. Why do they have to do that? Because until the CBI gets anywhere close to the target or the core or whatever the benchmark they're going to change it to at the next meeting, we certainly don't know, then you have to prove to the world that what you're doing is working. I think the more interesting question, Steve, and I, I know you agree with me on this, is why? Not why the Fed does this, as you, you just answered that question perfectly, which is the Fed does it because it has to do something. The Fed can't just sit around and say, well, we don't really impact market rates at all. We don't really impact the economy at all. So what are we going to let's close up shop and uh, everybody can go home. Now, we know that why the Fed is doing this thing. We know why the ECB is doing this. We know why the Bank of Japan has been pretending to do the same things for more than two decades, because that's what central banks do. That's what bureaucracies do. The more important question is, why aren't these things accomplishing what central bankers want them to? Why aren't rates going way up in the air? Why aren't we seeing double digits because the Fed has run off so many treasuries off its balance sheet and raised short-term rates at the same time? You would think, given how everything is characterized in the mainstream media, that the markets would be an utter and complete mess, that interest rates would be double digits and beyond. The Fed isn't buying. The ECB isn't buying. Um, interest rate, short-term rates, they're hiking short-term rates at the fastest pace we've seen in forever. All of these things. And yet, as you pointed out, Steve, long-term yields have gone nowhere. And so the most important question isn't why the Fed is doing what it's doing. The ECB is doing what it's doing. Why can't, why can't they have that impact on the marketplace? Yeah, Jeff, and why is it everybody's shorting the bond market and why can't yields go up? And I think you've so eloquently said in the past, that long-term yields are a function of two important things, inflation and growth, keyword though, expectations. So the bond market's pricing in and saying, look, we're not convinced that this growth thing's gonna happen, and we're certainly not convinced this inflation thing's gonna happen, but 
we're, we're, we're remaining somewhat hopeful at this point. So we're going to kind of ride this sideways for a bit. But you kind of, I, you know, it baffles me, Jeff, because so many people say long-term rates are going to go skyrocketing higher. It's like, based on what? Like inflation going higher? Do we look around the economy and see, wow, look at all of the growth expectations being built in? No, we're seeing just the opposite. And then you start looking at the yield curve. Now you see the steepest inversion since the 80s. You're right, because from the mainstream perspective, everything that everything that you hear in the mainstream, in the, in an, on TV, if people still watch TV, on the internet, wherever it happens to be, social media, it's all over social media. You would think that everything that could go wrong holding bonds has gone wrong. The economy is resilient. The labor market's on fire. It's red hot. Central banks are incredibly hawkish. They're hawkish in a way they've never been before. Everything that should be bad about owning bonds is apparently happening. And yet, as this one paper said last month, wouldn't you know it, there seems to be demand for government bonds at all levels. In fact, the higher yields go, the more there is demand for these same instruments, which again, Nobody stops and asks why that must be, because what we heard all along in the 2010s era was that we couldn't pay attention to low yields. As you said, Steve, Fisher and decomposition yields are growth and inflation expectations. But they said, no, no, no. Low yields during the 2010s, that was because the Fed bought bonds when all of these academic studies showed Interest rates weren't down because the Fed bought bonds, but now the Fed isn't buying bonds. So we can't, we don't have that argument anymore. And yet rates are stubbornly persisting, not just lower than where short-term rates are, the inversion you mentioned, they're pointing at rates that are going to continue to go down from a low nominal level to begin with. So we put all of these things together. Everything is supposedly stacked up against the market, yet the market is saying, we still think rates are going to go down. And people should be asking, wait a minute. What is going on here? We keep hearing QT is the most powerful thing in the universe. And like QE, it doesn't seem to produce any of the results that are set out ahead of time. So what must be going on here? Yeah, I mean, that, that is the question, Jeff, because you said all of a sudden rates are going up and people are buying them. But the question is who? And well, we actually knew know the answer to that question because prior to rates going up, what did we hear from U.S. investors, U.S. consumers? I would never buy that debt, that garbage debt from that country. Are you kidding me? I'll never put a penny in that. Oh, rates are 4%? Wait, wait, did you say four and a half now? Wait, not five. And so that's frustrating if you're Powell telling everyone rates are going up and they're buying them like crazy. But Jeff, I think, you know, beyond the fact that who's buying them, which isn't, you know, necessarily an issue here, I, I don't care who buys them, whether foreign investors, US investors, it doesn't matter to me. The, the issue is for me is the steepest inversion since 1980s in the curve. The Fed is so blind to this. And I just can't imagine, you know, where the banks are at. I mean, I, I just, there has to be something going on in these boardrooms where they've got to be like, when is this going to stop? Because I don't know where they cross the red line and the next one fails, but I keep feeling like we're getting super close to something happening again. Well, that's part of the problem here too, is that we all get, we're led to believe that interest rates are backwards, right? Like, because the Fed says we want rates to go up because that tightens in the economy, when there's demand for safe and liquid government bonds because the market is saying, no, the, the economy is already going down. It's already going into the toilet because we can see that in the inversion. We can see that in the demand for safe and liquid instruments. If the if the situation were at all as inflationary and risks of inflation as the central banks continue to tell us, 
And the last thing you would want is a government bond. It would be like the 1970s again, where everybody, nobody wanted government bonds. That's why uh, interest rates on, and yields on government bonds got up into double digits, because in an inflationary period, you want to put your money to work in the real economy, in the real nominal economy, where inflation and prices and everything are going up. The last thing you want is to own boring, safe, and liquid that's not going to return you all that much. So... The very fact that we all get interest rates backwards is at root of being unable to interpret what really is a very simple issue, which is the Fed isn't what everybody thinks it is. And in part of getting everybody to believe it is a central bank, they have to tell you that interest rates are completely backwards from what they really are. They have to lie to you about interest rates. Jeff, I think you nailed it on the head. If the economy was growing or the expectations it was going to grow, people would not tie their money up in T-bills or CDs or whatever they're doing, they wouldn't do it because they'd be like, oh, 5%? Well, I'm going to get 8 9 10% on this, 12% on this investment over here. The fact that they're heading towards safe and liquid investments tells us, which they already are telling us, that, hey, look, the economy isn't that good. I'm not sure. I'm going to park my money here for a while. And if it turns out that it's okay, I can sell it and move out. But gosh, I'm not convinced. And that's why you're seeing people go out, you know, 12 months, two years, because they just don't believe. But yet on the other side is they're telling us everything's okay. So uh, to me, it seems like everything's not okay, at least based on how people are behaving. Yeah, you just hit the nail on the head too, because that's, I mean, that's Newt Wixo. That's the natural interest rate theory that goes back a long period, long ways. Milton Friedman's interest rate fallacy. If things were inflationary, you wouldn't want 5% on T-bills. You're right. You'd be like, I'm going to get double digits in the real economy because things are just are bustling and booming. We'll have to leave it there, Steve. We could go on for a long time with because there are studies after studies that actually show the same thing with QE as well as QT. It is so underwhelming, but yet people still believe it's it's taking trillions of dollars out of the economy. And you just have to shake your head. So thank you, as always. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Jeff.